Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is a bonus episode. It is Christmas week, and I want to welcome you, and I also want to encourage you, on Christmas week, it can be one of the most stressful weeks of the year with last-minute purchasing and going to families' houses and all that kind of stuff. And so I just want to encourage you to reflect on an unprecedented year that we've been in in 2020. Take time to actually seek Jesus. Keep your eyes on him during the chaoticness of this week. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus and also use the time that you have to reflect on 2020. You know, it's been a crazy year for everybody. There's been a lot of heartbreak, a lot of discouragement, a lot of fear and anxiety. And, you know, instead of waiting until December 31st to think about New Year's resolutions, just take time to reflect. What has God shown you in 2020? What lessons will you take into 2021? And what is the overall vibe that you get from this year? Is there a peace about you, even among chaos and among just the crazy world that we live in? Is there a peace that passes all understanding in you through Jesus? And if there's not, what better time than this week? where Jesus came the first time to deal with sin, and he's going to come a second time to rule and reign. And just keep in perspective, this is just one year among God's master plan, and God is still in control, God is still on the throne, and he is coming back again for his children and his remnant. So for this bonus episode, I was not going to have an episode this week, but I wanted to use this time to let you know about my second podcast that I started called Eyes on Jesus. And what better week to keep our eyes on Jesus than in Christmas week? And so this podcast is only about three episodes into it, but it is exclusive to Patreon supporters. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's just a support network where you can sign up for a monthly contribution to all kinds of producers of content, podcasts, or artists, or anything. There's a ton of people on Patreon. And so if you go to patreon.com slash discerningdad, you'll see my account, and you can come and support what I'm doing. You know, I do... I do everything that I've been doing for two years with no profit, no no, no fee for things except the book that I wrote, which I've not made a profit on. But this is a good way for you to say, hey, I like what you're doing. I like that you have a podcast, that you post every single day, that you provide content and blogs and uh, you have some great guests on. Whatever you want to say to come alongside me and support me, it can be for as little as $3 a month, which is honestly nothing. But if I get a bunch of people to do that, that can be a nice boost into supplementing some income and also covering costs associated with doing this ministry. You know, there's a cost associated every month with posting a podcast, with blogging, with having a website, with writing a book, and all these costs that I've done because God has called me to do this ministry. But I definitely would appreciate if you come alongside me and just say, hey, I want to give at least $3 a month to what you're doing. And there's higher tiers as well. So if you want to come alongside at a higher tier, there's a tier where you get an autographed copy of my book. There's a tier where you get to have some exclusive merchandise, which is really cool. I love Patreon. It's such an awesome site that if you support for so many months, you get a shirt or you get a coffee mug or, you know, I have a wristband on there too, a discernment wristband and some other things as well. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. If it's not something you can do, I definitely understand. But I do want to let you know, too, that this podcast that I'm doing is also something I'm doing just for Patreon supporters. And so if you like what you hear next, this is episode two. This is about commitment. If you like that, definitely consider subscribing through Patreon because that will give you access to all future episodes of the Eyes on Jesus podcast. 
And my heart for the Eyes on Jesus podcast is really just about speaking my heart through either follow-up on my main podcast, Everyday Discernment, where I interview people. It could be a follow-up on concepts that we've talked about that I just ran out of time that maybe I insert more of my opinion on it and through what I think about what the Bible says about it. It could be topics that I've written about in the past that I just want to kind of bring to light again. It could be topics that you ask me about. You can always email me questions at discerningdad at outlook.com. You can always email me, hey, I'd like you to do an episode about this and I'll consider it. That flexibility allows me to post weekly, post monthly, post every other month, whatever I want to do, however I feel led. It can just be an outlet for me to speak and to engage with you as my audience and close supporters. So I will be back next week with a normal scheduled interview. And next week I'm interviewing Adam Weber. He wrote a book in 2020 called Love Has a Name, Learning to Love the Different, the Difficult, and Everyone Else. Sounds like a book we all can learn something from. And he's just a very likable, fun guy. So you're going to really enjoy the interview. So make sure you check that out next week. And without further ado, let's get into the Eyes on Jesus podcast, episode two about commitment. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Eyes on Jesus podcast. Today's episode, what I want to talk to you about is commitment. Uh Uh-oh, we're afraid of commitment, aren't we? Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. So what are you committed to and why? Maybe it's a relationship, children, a job, a passion, a hobby, a political stance. You know, some people don't take commitment seriously. If you look at marriages and divorce rates, they're not taken seriously in general, looking at the numbers. But too often, divorce is because you just fall out of love. You fall out of a feeling. You fall out of this perfect picture of what marriage should look like. And so people get divorced for all kinds of frivolous reasons because they don't take commitment seriously. I mean, what happened to the days where your word is your bond and the commitment you made before God stands the test of time. I mean, these are, it's not just about marriage, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about jobs. I mean, I've seen young, the younger generation take their jobs less seriously, less of a commitment. I mean, decades ago, someone would pick up a career or a trade and stick with it for the rest of their life. They were committed to it. Now, jobs are not seen as a commitment because if you don't feel like working there, you quit because there's lots of other options. And I'm not saying you have to stay at a job that you don't like, and there's obviously reasons to move on. But many times, you know, I work in retail, so there's many times when people don't even give the courtesy of a two-week notice. They just say, I don't like it. I'm out. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not going to let you try to fix the problem. I'm just going to be gone. I'm going to go try it somewhere else. And that type of work ethic doesn't sit well with me because, you know, I'm not saying you have to sign up to be around a bad boss or a bad work environment, but at least try to be vocal, at least try to commit to the the job you've committed to and give them enough notice to find a replacement. I mean, those are just common sense things that I feel were more prevalent in older generations. But how this all relates to discernment and keeping our eyes on Jesus is that it's important to know what we are committed to and why. Are we committed to the right thing? You can be committed to the wrong thing and you can follow the wrong path. You can spend all your time on something that is unhealthy for you. There is a lot of commitments people make to things that end up hurting them in the long run that they don't have discernment about. You can commit yourself to a 
bad job, a bad marriage, a bad hobby, an addiction. You can commit yourself to spending a lot of time on things that are not building you up spiritually, mentally, physically. You can commit to, you know, eating cake every night and not commit to working out. And so it's very important to not just be committed, but be committed to the right thing. So I want to talk about the series, The Last Dance. Have you seen it? Love to hear your thoughts on it. So this was an amazing documentary. I think it was 10 episodes and it was on ESPN. It's actually now on Netflix, but I would highly recommend to get the TV 14 version, not the TV MA if you're worried about cursing. But I grew up watching the Bulls and the Suns. Those I grew up with basketball. I grew up in the 80s. Basically, I would watch basketball from 1988 to about 1995, collected cards, played basketball nonstop, played NBA Jam on my gaming consoles at home. I mean, I was just all in watching basketball, wishing that I could somehow be better than I was at basketball, playing it, just playing it for hours outside, committing myself to learning the sport. But What really struck me in The Last Dance was not only that it's a brilliant documentary, but that when you look at Michael Jordan, who was extremely talented, no one's going to question that, but he did not just lean on his talent. He dedicated himself to basketball and everything that it meant. Even among defeat, he pushed himself harder to not face defeat again. He gave his best and pushed himself harder than anyone else. And in the documentary, it shows how Jordan achieved, you know, the pinnacle. He won championship after championship. He won MVP. He won all these accolades. And yet he still had to push himself to stay engaged, stay engaged in the game. And it's actually funny because a lot of times he would make he would make up frivolous things in his head that weren't true in order to just keep him engaged and motivated in a particular game. For example, he would create a conflict with another player on the other team in his head and he would talk it up and he would talk to other people about it but what they're saying is some of those things actually never happened but he made it seem like they were happening so in the moment he stayed engaged and had that adrenaline rush of oh I need to beat this player and I not only need to beat them I need to humiliate them with the amount of points I'm going to score against them and Jordan was extremely talented God gifted talent. And he had that not only in basketball, but when he went to baseball, he was going to make the major leagues, but then he decided to come back to basketball. So he had a lot of talent, but it wasn't just talent. Talent will only get you so far. You have to show up for practice. You have to show up to the games. You have to push yourself because in the NBA, you're facing against tons of other people that have incredible talent. That's why they're there in the first place. But to really stand out and be like a Michael Jordan, he had to dedicate himself nonstop to the game. They sit, they gave an example when they actually lost the championship when he came back from playing baseball. He was out of shape. He was not in the right basketball body shape uh, in, in order to be competitive in, in basketball because he was training so hard to work in baseball. So when he came back midseason, I think it was in 94, 95, they lost the championship for different reasons, but Jordan was not at his peak. So instead of just wallowing in the defeat of the championship, he actually pushed himself 
they said that the day after, or maybe it was the night of, he called his trainer after they lost. And Michael Jordan asked, when can we go to the gym next? I'll meet you there tomorrow. He was that excited to get back in the gym one day after he lost the championship. I mean, not even any time to just relax and hang out and spend all his money. I mean, he was that committed to the sport in order to push himself to win another championship, even though he already had a few under his belt. Famous coach Bobby Knight said, the key is not the will to win. Everybody has that. It's the will to prepare to win that is important. So that's so important in our Christian walk. Okay, think about this. Everyone wants to do well. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to, you know, let Satan control them or be succumb to their sin or fall off the bandwagon and, 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 and not follow Jesus. I mean, we make that commitment when we become a Christian to follow God. But we don't follow through on that commitment when it comes to the important areas of our life a lot of times. So think about as a Christian, what are you committed to? Is it families, hobbies, work, making money, living easy or not rocking the boat, you know, staying in your comfort zone, living in apathy, living in just going with the flow. But what I want to really challenge you today is that whatever you're committed to, we have to give our best. We have to give our best and we need to persevere even when it's hard. We need to give our best to God because God deserves our best. He gave his best to us to give us a way out of our sin, which leads to death through his son, Jesus Christ. And so God, we have to honor God by giving God our best. And that means that we are the best we can be in our marriage and in our job because we're doing it unto the Lord. We're the best in our Bible reading and in our prayer life because it gets us closer to Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus will allow us to be the best we can be. I'm not talking about perfection here. Everyone likes to think about this. Well, I can't be perfect, so I'm not going to try. Right? I'm not saying that you were trying to be perfect because Christ is perfect. That's what the Bible says. But we are going to fail. But that doesn't mean we give up. Just because you miss a shot in basketball doesn't mean that you give up. You might try 100 shots and miss 50 of them, but maybe you're going to miss 40 the next time or 30 or 20. But you're going to keep trying and keep improving because you have the focus, the eyes on Jesus focus of commitment to God and excellence in all we do. So if you yell at your spouse, right? Ask for forgiveness and move on. Be committed to them where no matter what you go through together, the hardships you face, the challenges you face will push you in the direction together instead of pushing each other away from each other. Same thing with our children. We want to live in excellence as parents. We want to raise them up. You know, our, our kids will rebel. Our kids will talk back. Our kids will be a complete frustration. But we love them so much, we're not going to just toss them into the street. No, we're committed to our children. We're not going to give up on them no matter what they do. And the same thing with God. We're not going to give up on God just because it's rough, just because we don't see you know, a breakthrough in a situation we're praying about just because we gave we gave in to sin doesn't mean we're gonna constantly give in to sin. No, that was a one that was a that was a small battle, but the war is not over. We might lose a battle here and there, but the war is constantly raging, and it's our eternal soul at stake when it comes to committing to God, living out the Christian lifestyle in a way that is honoring to him. 
Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Everyone points back to salvation. While I'm saved, I can live however I want. That's not the Bible. The Bible says to turn away from unrighteousness, to live according to the Spirit, to turn away from sin, to live and to defeat the enemy through our spiritual armor and through our words and through prayer. These are actions that Christians need to take and not just rely on the gift of salvation. That's the starting point in the race. You cannot just stay at the starting point and make it to the finish line. You have to keep persevering. You have to keep running the race and picking yourself up when you fall down. So there's a verse from Leviticus I want to read, which you don't hear too often because, well, it's Leviticus. But it's an awesome concept here. So Leviticus 9.2, he said to Aaron, take a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering, both without defect, and present them before the Lord. So we can learn a lot about this, not only about the history of the Israelites, but also how their dedication to God through these laws was not only fulfilled with Jesus, but now we are held accountable to even higher standards than the Ten Commandments. This is the focus of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, when he said, You may have heard not to murder, but now having anger against your brother will subject you to judgment. Also, lusting after a woman is equal to adultery, and many more examples he gave through the chapter. The heart of the matter is the status of our heart. I'll say that again. The heart of the matter is the status of our heart. So we have to be on guard with our thoughts, and not just our actions, but both, and that takes commitment. So the instructions given to the Israelites to present an offering without defect is an example to us today of how we need to give God our best. We give back to God as a recognition of who is in control of everything. The Israelites gave from their first fruits of the crops, and income is a sign of importance to God. This was not optional. They were committed to this as an act of obedience. Romans 12.1 commands us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So now we don't have to sacrifice the animal, thank God, but we must present ourselves to God without defect. John MacArthur said the Christian life is not adding Jesus to one owns way of life, but renouncing that personal way of life for his and being willing to pay whatever the cost that may require. So we don't just slap Jesus onto our life and live however we want with this insurance policy in mind. No, we have to die to ourselves. And sometimes we have to die to ourselves daily in order to offer our lives as a living sacrifice without defect. We have to renounce our personal way of doing things, our flesh nature, that no matter if we were born with it or if we've learned to incorporate a fleshly lifestyle, we have to renounce that fully and submit ourselves to the Spirit. So I go back to commitment again. There's a big difference between interest and commitment, right? I'm interested in somebody, like if you're dating, you're interested in somebody. You're dating for a while, but you don't actually commit to that person until you get married. People are interested in Jesus. They want to know, what's up with Jesus? Why does the Bible say this? They ask a lot of questions, but they don't actually commit to Jesus until they give their lives to him. And it's not just a simple prayer. It's an actual act of living your lifestyle in obedience to Jesus. 
the Holy Spirit does the work in our life where we want to renounce the old ways. The Holy Spirit does a work in us to be able to go on the narrow path in a way that we could not have done without the help of Jesus. This is not just doing it in our own effort. It's relying on the power of the Holy Spirit daily in our life in order to make the commitment to God and see it through to fruition. So when we give without defect today, I want to look at three areas in our life where we give to God without defect. It's our time, our talents, and our wealth. So giving of our time without defect to God is shown in the quality of time we spend with him. If we watch a three-hour movie and then struggle to read the Bible for five minutes while we are in bed or eyes drifting off to sleep, that is obviously not quality time. You could not swing that with your spouse, so why are we trying to swing that with God? Our time is not accidental. It feels like it. It feels like the day just flies by. We say that a lot. Our day just flew by and I wasn't able to complete X, Y, Z. But we have to understand our activities do not just, quote, happen to us. Apart from extenuating circumstances, we plan out our time and our day. If we do not make it a part of our routines and commitment to read the Bible and pray, it will not happen. There is no perfect time of the day when this will happen. The perfect time is when you do it. So it cannot just be a check mark off in our day. It needs to be a time we look forward to meeting with our Lord and Savior. Giving the best of our time does not mean hours at a time either, at the expense of our families or our jobs. There is a balance to everything, and it is a matter between you and God based on your heart. Peter Drucker, famous business tycoon, said, Unless commitment is made, there are only promises and hopes, but no plans. So same thing if you have a vision for something, but there's no plans made out, there is no commitment. The commitment cannot be made based on promises and hopes alone. So moving on to our talents, things that we are gifted in, things that God has gifted you in or given you a passion about that you can be a change agent in this certain area. We give without defect in our talents, in how we serve our community, church, and those around us. It is also about using our spiritual gifting for the edification of the body of believers as we are called to in 1 Corinthians 12. If we aren't serving someone else, we're only serving ourselves. I'll say that again. If we're not serving someone else, we're only serving ourselves. This requires being uncomfortable. At times, signing up for things you may not want to do, but you can do, meaning you are available to do them. It's not about your desire to do them. It's about your willingness to do them despite your desire, right? It's not fun to you know, pull up weeds at the church. It's not fun to serve in the children's area, unless you love that type of thing. It's not fun to serve in a lot of areas, but the fun of it is not important. My, my kids go along with me to places and they're like, well, we're not having any fun. And I'm like, well, your fun is not a priority right now. Okay. Our fun, our desire for things is not always a priority when we know we're doing them for the will of God and for the furthering of his kingdom and to serve others like we are served ourselves. So a rule of thumb out there in the church is that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's not due to a lack of time, but simply stepping out and saying, here I am, send me. Like Isaiah responded to God in Isaiah 6, 8. He said, here I am, send me. That means whatever you have for me, God, I am ready. If it's, you know, we're always scared God will send us on a mission trip or do do things that uh, we're not going to want to do. But we can't worry about that. We just have to be available and God will sort out the rest. And finally, giving without defect in our wealth comes in the forms of tithes and offerings. 
God chastised the Israelites in Malachi 3 for withholding their tithe from him. God speaks to Israel, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? God follows up on this with the promise of blessing. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. So God can do more with your 90% than we can do with our 100%. If we are faithful in tithing, the Bible promises blessing. However, we do not give to get. This is not a prosperity gospel. We are blessed in a lot of different ways. We give generously and with abundance for God because God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We need to pay out our tithe first and not after all the bills and toys are paid for. It has to be a first fruits offering, taking out the first 10%, and then the offerings that we give are on top of that. So if you see a homeless person on the street and God you know, is, is leading you in the direction of giving to them. If there's a mission, a missionary coming up who needs money for the trip, if there's, a, you know, a, a need in church, you know, someone needs a new dishwasher. I mean, there's all these different ways that we give in abundance to our tithe, which is in the form of an offering. Vince Lombardi said, the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence, regardless of their chosen field of endeavor. So he's saying, you know, the quality of your life is going to be in proportion to commitment to excellence. So regardless of what you do, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you work at McDonald's, if you're in school, commit to excellence. God honors commitment and faithfulness to him. Our goal is to one day hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Getting there is not easy, but it is worth it. So for reflection after this episode, I'll just ask you to reflect in your quiet time on how you are giving to God without defect in your time, in your talent, and in your wealth. Not only that, but how would someone else from the outside in who's looking at you, how would they say you are committed to God? Would they say you're committed to God? And what would make them say that you are committed to God? How would they know that? How would someone from the outside in know that your life is a reflection of God by how you're living it. All right, so commitment, we made it through. Thanks for committing to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share with a friend because trying to get more Patreons on here. This was a little bit longer than normal. I'm guessing some of these will be rather short, five, 10 minute episodes, along with some longer ones, depending on what I have planned or what God puts on my heart. Once again, email me at discerningdadatoutlook.com if you have any questions, comments on this commitment episode, as well as any topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I would love hearing from you. Until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus.